All right, welcome, welcome. So we're going to be going over uh, another uh, another sermon on the love of Jesus Christ, right? And Brad, I'm really hammering in uh, the love of Jesus Christ because that is the foundation of uh, the Christian faith. It is what attracted 40% of the world, right, to its call, right? Um, interestingly enough, right, in the United States today, the covenant is not really legally uh, allowed to be practiced, right? Uh, on the uh, on the dollar bill, it says, in God we trust, but then there have been some uh, laws passed that sort of um, warn or sort of uh, hold back certain aspects of the covenant being being practiced, right? One of the aspects of the covenant that is <clears throat> sort of being um, forbidden, right, by law, right, is uh, the parable of the salt and the light, right? Parable of the salt and the light is, uh, right, sort of keeping your flock that's around you pure, right? Keeping the people around you that pure, right? And this, this involves uh, casting people out of church, right? After a while, right, after Christians, we try and heal people for a long period of time, <clears throat> Well, the parable of the salt and the light comes in. In that parable, Christ himself states, uh, what good is salt if the salt has lost its saltiness? How can it be made salty again? It can't. It's neither good for the church nor, nor for the manure pile, right? And so it must be cast out, right? And tra trampled, trodden under the foot of men. So what he's saying is, right, if people will not, right, they refuse to keep their covenant. They have no interest in keeping their covenant, right? But the problem with this parable is <clears throat> many times uh, the nature of mankind, right, uh, right, I guess it's not a problem with the parable. It's a problem with how mankind interprets the parable, right? So, and we'll, we'll often put it to use, right? So the parable is meant to, out of love, right, I will not let corruption come in and as the good shepherd right corrupt my flock right but what you see happening often is uh this sort of being used to amplify the scarring of the church right the scarring of the church is right you go into a church and uh you know you start making friends and then <clears throat> lo and behold uh one guy gets jealous of you or a priest a, a so-called priest right says um says, oh, this guy, you know, he doesn't belong here for one reason or another, right? And so then they'll they'll abuse the parable of the salt and the light saying, oh, it was for God, right? Uh, oh, what I did was for for the Lord, right? And this is, uh, right, their hearts are far from me. They pay me lip service, right? The heart of God, the heart of the Father is that this parable was used to protect, right? Not, um, right, not I, I don't want... Uh, my kids hearing crude music as I drive by, right? Not the biggest deal, right? If you're if your kids hear crude music as they drive by for a second, right? Now it's not that's not a positive thing, right? It's not a good thing. It's not something that we want, but it's not really the end of the world either, right? And so when it comes to a human life out of love, right? Loving that person, right? You have to decide, uh, you know, and it is it is a judgment call on 
the part of mankind, but with mankind, you know, you have to grasp that uh, certain aspects of mankind are very easily corrupted, right? And the areas that those those that those are uh, prominent in, that they're common in, are often right the seven deadly sins, uh, greed, wrath. You know, power is definitely in there, uh, which you know the power is, you know, it's diversified into how it's being used, but. Uh, so grasping and understanding, right, that that uh, these areas are are areas that man struggles with. Man struggles with looking at themselves. Why is this important? Well, it's important to understand that man's ways are not God's ways, and God's ways are not man's ways, right? And so when we're talking about laying down our lives denying ourselves, taking up God's cross, right? The cross of Christ and following uh, Jesus daily, right? Well, we're talking about doing it Christ's way. We're talking about surrendering our ways to God's way. We're talking about stopping pursuing the ways of mankind and starting pursuing the ways of the one true living God. These ways, they're not the same, right? And uh, they... They, but they are highly effective and highly efficient. And uh, when you apply, right, the Christian covenant to any aspect of life, right, it will cause that aspect of your life to flourish and grow and thrive, right? And so understanding that we, when you possess an accurate interpretation, an accurate uh interpretation of the Christian faith, right? It is extremely powerful. It is extremely potent. If you choose to apply it certain places, right? Uh, the walls will fall down, right? The Jericho walls, right? They marched seven times around Jericho and the walls fell down, right? This is, it's, right? While it is a, it is a story in the Bible, it is also a metaphor, right? To having your covenant with you, right? And so, understanding that you can use that covenant right but here's the thing here's the catch right if you are not willing to with god surrender your free will and stop doing it the ways of mankind and start doing it and walking in the ways of god he's not going to god is not going to reveal to you the covenant he's not going to help you interpret it because mankind right uh, some versions of the Bible say that mankind by its nature is evil, right? Uh, I, I, uh, I, I interpret that and other interpretations of the Bible say that mankind is wicked, right? We're prone to do wicked things, sort of nasty things, but nothing really too evil, right? Uh, when mankind starts to get into the realms of evil, right, they've drifted out of uh the, the normal natural nature of mankind and into the realms of darkness, right? So understanding, right, there is a very drastic difference between a real church, how people in a real church or in a church, right? See, when I say a real church, right, there's many, many buildings nowadays where uh, people are saying, you know, they say, this is a church, right? Come here. Right. But really, they're businesses. Right. Or they right if they, they have no interest in practicing the ways of Christ, not many people do have 
yeah, right, 40% of the world's population says, yeah, we're Christian, but not many people really want to go and, right, hey, I just worked an eight-hour shift. Hey, I just worked a nine-hour shift. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, wash homeless people. Now I'm going to go and I'm going to feed the hungry, right? It's not something that many people want to do often, right? And so preaching accurate Christianity sometimes, right, it's not going to be as popular as um, scriptures where they're focusing on power or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Finance, for example, right, is a big one today. uh, You see people preaching the prosperity gospel, right? You give me $10, you give me $10, God will give you a hundred back. That's not really biblically how it works, right? You don't see Christ asking for money, right? Interestingly enough, right? So these churches that are out there and they're saying money, money, money is the focus, right? Well, what Christ said to these churches was, it is said that my house will be a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves, right? A church is not really supposed to be uh, money-centered, right? So when you hear uh, churches praying for finance uh, excessively, right, they they're sort of taking the main, main main focus of the religion. They're taking the proper, accurate focus. See, in life, right? Let's say uh, there's two ways to a uh, a Walgreens store, right? And if I go one way, it works, and I get to the Walgreens store. And if I go the other way, it, it, it's the same exact thing. You know, I, I end up getting to the Walgreens store maybe just a little bit later, right? However, right, in Christianity, in with faith, right, if you're not rooting out that corruption, if you're not rooting out um, the pollutants in your life, if you're not doing it God's way and focusing on, on what God is uh, pointing to, right, you might grasp that, or you should grasp that, while you may be able to twist the covenant, all right, Bible says that teachers will tr- twist the covenant to their own destruction, right? They twist the Holy Scriptures to their own destruction, right? Uh, You can edit a version of the Bible and print it out, right? That doesn't mean it's going to be accurate. The the accurate teachings of the Bible are the ways of God. They're not the ways of man. And so if I say, right, if I say, well, God likes me to, to hoard all my money and really put emphasis on money in my church, right? You can say that, right? You could write it. You could print a whole version of the Bible that says that, right? But it wouldn't be a version of the Bible. It would just be a book that was written, right? So I guess when I'm saying, oh, there's 3,000 versions of the Bible, eh, it's not really accurate, right? They're actually not versions of the Bible. They're just uh, named versions of the Bible, right? Just like having a church named a church doesn't actually make it a church, right? If I call something Christian, that doesn't make it Christian. If I call myself Christian, that doesn't make it Christian. And this is different from the two ways to the store, right? Because you do not end up getting there. The inaccurate biblical teachings, inaccurate biblical interpretations, etc., 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 are not the ways of God, right? And if man is editing the Holy Scriptures, right, thinking, 
oh, well, you know, I like it this way, whatever. That's, that's their prerogative. It will not produce, right, the, the spiritual blessings, the spiritual fruit, right, that you see the men in the Bible utilizing, uh, that you see the men of the Bible receiving, that you see the men of the Bible, the acts, the deeds, that you see the men of the Bible performing. And so that's, it's important because because right learning the ways of God is what starts to get you connected with God pressing into the ways of God over the, the, the things of the earth right that is what Christianity is all about right of Christ right and so when you see these churches they're saying oh we're Christian of Christ followers of Christ however they're really finance centric well was Christ finance centric? Was Christ finance eccentric? No, not really at all. It wasn't about money at all. Why Christ did this was to point the road to heaven, to point the road to spirit, to point the road to building something eternal. A hundred years may seem like a long time to mankind until the immortals have lived a thousand years, right? 10,000 years, etc. And when you go, when you keep going down that uh, thought process, right, a hundred years, it ain't much. The spirit has the potential to be chosen to last forever, right? But it is a process, right? And you have to understand, right, people don't like hearing, hey, you may not enter heaven, you may not be chosen for immortality, right? It doesn't make them feel good, right? So thus, you'll see many preachers teaching on, uh, well, everyone goes to heaven. We're all immortal here. I actually had this uh, sweet little girl. Someone had uh, lied to her and told, told her, oh, every, all Christians go to heaven, right? And I quickly pulled out uh, Matthew 7, 21. And I said, have you, read, have you read this verse? And Matthew 7, 1 says, not all who pray to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, right? And it's the red letters of Christ. So it's very important when you're Christian, right, to decide, or when you begin studying the Bible, uh, to decide, right, what, whose ways are you going to uh, live by? Whose ways are you going to move in? Whose ways are you going to live in, right? Because if you're living in the ways of mankind, right, God may be willing to throw you a bone every now and then and use you, right? Say, oh, yeah. Yeah, this guy did a miracle here. Yep, yeah. But, right, he does say, right, that even though some people will perform miracles, right, their hearts will still be so far from God that uh, they will not receive entrance into heaven. And so uh, some translations of the Bible translate the word miracles as wonderful works, right? So a, a miracle would be like... Uh, I, you know, Jesus uh, healing the withered arm, right, that is stretched out. Uh, a wonderful work might be like me putting someone up in a, in a house for uh, a few months as they get their finances situated, right? Very different, right? And so understanding that it can be translated both ways is important, right? That way, you know, you get to decide and you have the knowledge of deciding um, 
which way you believe God would like it translated and which you, which way you believe is accurate. And so grasping that it is the spirit that Christ was pointing to, right? Not finance, right? And so, right. Uh, it's important because it's very easy to get lost when, when you hear tales of war, right? It's very easy to get caught up in the, the sort of emotional snowball and where you say, oh man, I should go do something. I should go stand up and, and battle, right? But that's not, sometimes, right? You, you see the men of the Bible, the characters within the Bible doing that, right? But not all the time, right? Sometimes uh, they handle things differently, etc. right? But the emotional snowball is kind of uh, important to understand because when you get caught up in that emotional snowball in something that will be detrimental, for example, greed, right? Well, you start to walk away from God. The temptation, the sin, right? Sin uh, often is tempting, right? Uh, begins to snowball within you and well up opposite, right? Moving you away from God instead of uh, welling up the spirit within you, which will move you closer and closer to heaven, right? And so if you're trying to receive, right, that closeness with God, a uh, clarity of God's voice, right? Well, do practice what the Bible says. Do what the Bible says. Do what the prophets were doing out of the spirit in which the prophets were doing it do right what christ himself the messiah himself was doing right and so i wanted to go over a verse it is mark 7 uh 6 this is jesus christ okay let's see we're gonna jump that one okay right okay i guess we'll start at the top isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites as it is written these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. So real quick, uh, they worship me in vain. Why are they worshiping God? Why are they praying to God, going to church, worshiping God, and not going to receive anything for it, right, from God's hand? Well, their hearts are far from God, right? <clears throat> So when you get into that mentality of, <clears throat> of checking a checkbox off, right? Oh, I checked that checkbox off of, I went to church. I did my podcast stream. I uh, did something for God, right? It's not really where God wants us to be operating from, right? The, the intentions behind doing the works, right, as Christ suggests that we should do, uh, lies within altering the spirit, changing our spirits within us into people who enjoy, understand, and love those sort of benevolent, philanthropic blessing moments, right? Where you go and you bless someone and maybe you give, you know, maybe you're tight on finance, but you, you give your tithe away anyways, right? And mostly, right, what the Bible says uh, tithing goes to is orphans, widows, Levites, and foreigners, right? So where these churches get the idea that, oh, we get to, we get the whole 10%, well, uh, 
it's it's not exactly script it's not exactly biblical right and so uh if you want to get kicked out from a church you know go <laughs> you go ahead and reverb that uh reverb that teaching around in the church and they, they're not gonna they're not really gonna enjoy that sort of uh accurate christian theology right they say we get 10 percent, right and that's you know if the church is uh deploying the assets correctly right and helping people with them that's correct but right when you've got you know you this this is going to involve uh mankind right the owner of the church jumping hurdle after hurdle after hurdle of sin, right? You've got power where you you could say, oh, I'm just going to use it how I want. I could use my tithe how I want. No, I'm just going to keep it, right? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got greed. You've got uh, pretty much every sin involved. And so if you imagine what percentage of mankind is corrupted by finance, right? It's roughly 80%. When... Uh, you know, a, a person gets their hands or is handed uh, a large amount of finance, right? Oftentimes you will see corruption seep in, but not all the time, right? So this is why it's important to honor God with your lips, right? And keep your hearts near God, right? These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, right? Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions, right? God or human traditions. You cannot sit at the table of the devil and God, right? You have to choose. Will you hold on to the ways of God and practice them how God wants you to, to receive the spiritual blessings, to receive everlasting life and, right, the blessings, potential, yes, yes, material blessings, yes, um, emotional, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All different kinds of blessings will come from the hand of God, but you have to do it God's way, right? God or human traditions, right? Not, not both, okay? You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. And he continued, you have a fine way of setting aside this commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, honor your father and mother, anyone who curses. Oh, okay, so this translation, okay, let's, let me just finish. Honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone who declares that which might have been used to help their father or mother, is Corbin devoted to God, then you no longer let them do anything for their father or mother. Thus, you nullify the word of God by, by your own tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. So interestingly enough, uh, God is, he's actually saying, right, let's say there's a, a point where a person can, they have their 10% tithe and they can actually give it to their parent who's about to be uh, evicted from their apartment, right, to pay their rent, or they can give it to the church, right? And uh, Christ says, well, give it to your parents, right? Take care of your family, right? That is Corbin, right? And then, right, but the church is saying, hey, well, that's ours, right? So you have to understand, right, 
Tithing is meant to be beneficial. It's meant to help people, individuals, not add house onto house, not grow one person's empire or one church's empire. Uh, so understanding that is extremely important, right? But, um, and th these are meant to be done out of love, right? To display the love of God, acts of benevolence, acts of philanthropy, etc. But so if you're not seeing your church actually practicing Christianity, actually practicing Christianity, and I mean, you walk up to the, the event directory of your church, right? And if you don't see a Christian outreach going on there, it's not a church, right? Christ says that if you believe in me, you will do the works that I have been doing. This is out of love, right? The works produce uh, exemplary love. They lead the community. They lead the nation. They lead the world and point to the holy kingdoms of God and his divine benevolence. But when you let go of these spiritual things and start holding on to money, like money is your God, well, you've smelted down all the doctrines of God into the golden calf, right? And uh, the golden calf, right, was an idol uh, fashioned uh, at the foot of Mount Sinai that ended up uh, resulting in the people who fashioned the golden calf dying. And this story bears example for all mankind, right? If you smelt down the ways of God, if you melt down the Holy Scriptures into the golden calf and start using it for finance, well, God will say, well, thanks for, thanks for preaching my word, but bad news now, just like the people at the foot of Mount Sinai, well, out of the dust you were formed and into the dust you shall return. That is the consequence for betraying God. That is the price of choosing money over God. It is your soul. So <clears throat> again, Jesus called to the crowd. He said, listen to me, everyone understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes up out of that person that defiles them, right? And so, don't you see that nothing en that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into the heart, but into the stomach, and then out of the body. What comes out of a person is what defiles them, for it is within them, out of a person's, from out of a person's heart. The evil thoughts, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy. These evils come from inside and defile a person. This is why I'm listing the emotions, right? And some of them were, uh, that I listed, Christ also, or Christless here, malice, deceit, right? Lewdness, envy, jealousy, right? Things like that. So understanding, right, this is not what Christians are about, right? Christians were all about cleaning the inside of our cup first, right? Getting all that mud, getting all that gunk out, getting all that pettiness, that envy, that jealousy, that hatred, that bitterness, right? Oh, my life didn't go perfectly. Get it out. It's not going to benefit you in your own life, right? And this is one of the keys to the kingdom of heaven and earth. If you practice it accurately and mindfully, right? It will benefit your life and alter your life 
in ways that are drastically beneficial. I can't explain. Uh, if you can imagine, right, if you start practicing this and keep those negative emotions out, right, your life being altered forevermore for the better. Well, that's an understatement. Right. Because it's not just going to alter your life. It's going to alter everyone around you, everyone around you who is in your life. Right. And so understanding that is extremely important. Right. This is one of the foundational building blocks of Christianity. If you're not doing this right, you have to start doing this as Christians. Right. So many times. Right. You see people getting lost in the in the rulership of, of Christianity, right? Deuteronomy, you Christians, you shall rule many, but none shall rule over you, right? They get lost in the finances. You will lend freely, but none will but borrow from none, right? They get lost in the work. They get lost in uh, power, control, X, Y, Z, all these sinful things, right? But when you boil it down to what Christianity is, it is an arrow pointing directly to God. It is Christ Jesus, the arrow, right, pointing to God and God alone. Spirit, right, is what God is talking about. He's talking about washing the insides of our spirits so that we can begin to resonate and understand and walk and display and lead and follow the divine ways ourselves. And these divine ways, right, will produce goodness of heart, right? Uh, the pure in heart will see God. The pure in heart will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Right? Blessed are the righteous, for they will enter the kingdom of heaven. Right? So understanding these things is the core foundation of Christianity. Is what Christ was centered on. Not money, not finance, right? Finance is in there. But if, if you listen to the wisdom of Job and hang your golden nuggets up as dust, right? You get to the heart of the Father, a really important place to understand that we will be talking about next stream. Hey, blessings on you all. God loves each and every one of you so much. Don't ever forget it. And I will see you guys all next time.